Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Traveling Pulpit. I'm Vernon Sheridan, and I want to thank you for joining me on today into the study of discipleship. If you remember, on last week, I talked about the temptation of Christ while he was in the wilderness of sin. Well, on today, I want to continue the study of discipleship in talking about the miracles of Christ. To start us off, I'm going to begin in the book of Mark, although I'm not going to end there, but I'm going to start us off in the book of Mark, uh, chapter 1 and verse 21. Now, to bring a little bit of historical context to uh, the book of Mark, Mark is also John Mark in the book of Acts, book of Acts, who has gathered a firsthand account from none other than the apostle Peter, who was also a disciple of Christ and has now accredited the writings of Mark who traveled with him on their missionary journey together. Mark has chosen to point out that, that Jesus's first miracle came after calling his first disciples. I'm not certain if Peter told him that way or if Mark uh, gathered the information and decided to, to use this. But what we have is Mark's chosen point to make of Jesus's first miracle coming after calling his first disciples. Jesus heals a man with an unclean spirit. Now, remember one thing. Mark is traveling with Peter. So again, I say the testimony, of course, is going to be different from the Apostle John, who did walk with Christ, as did Peter uh, from the beginning. But we are going to go into Mark. Amen. Let's go to Mark 1, 21 through 28. And they went into Capernaum, Jesus and his newly uh, appointed apostles or disciples, they went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching, talking about Jesus. And they were astonished at his teaching, the congregation was, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, what? Have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding of Galilee. And before we move on to another scripture that kind of partners with this scripture, I want to point out just a few things about this particular scripture that, is, that uh, the Lord has chosen for us to understand today. And that is when Jesus went into the synagogue, it was on the Sabbath. It was a Sabbath day. And Jesus was teaching on the Sabbath, but he was teaching with authority, not as the scribes, 
the Bible says. So there must have been something that the scribes were saying to the congregation that must have put a divide between the scribes and the congregation, whereas Christ, who was the one speaking to them with with one who has authority, must have been speaking unity and togetherness to them, bringing them together, not pull, not separating them further apart from one another. And then he says, Mark, who is the writer of his own book, he says that immediately there was in the synagogue, in their synagogue, a man with an unclean spirit. And when the man with the unclean spirit came in, that I believe, now this is just me believing, I believe this man has done this before and has been in this type of setting before acting out in this way, seeking help, of course, but I believe that this man has come to this synagogue before. And when, when, the, when the unclean spirit was, was to the surprise of himself, saw Jesus. See, I don't think the unclean spirit expected Jesus to be there. But because Jesus was there, the unclean spirit spoke to Jesus and the, and those that were in the congregation, the, the, the people that were there heard this conversation and Jesus not even having to, to just roll, roll a, a drop of sweat from his forehead, told, told the, told the spirit that he was rebuking, be silent and come out. Now, where in that? In our day and time, do you see such calmness in the face of distress? In perilous times, where do you see that? Do you see it anywhere? I can tell you where I see it right here in the book of Mark. Follow the example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when we face perilous times as these and let not the fear of the world overtake the, the confession that you say you have made into Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Be careful what you do and what you say, because just as this man showed up in the church of this day and time, so can someone in our day and time show up in church and challenge the very confession that you have made in the very place that, that, you, that you possibly have made it in the church. But Jesus having all authority, tells him, be silent and come out. And given one last push at the man, he came out. And so the congregation was amazed. They couldn't understand. Hey, wait a minute. Hold up. Who, who is this? Who, who is this? So by doing this, Mark says, Jesus's fame immediately went out throughout the surrounding area. Jesus became what, what we call going viral overnight. He went viral. If this was posted on, on, on Facebook live or Instagram or, or, or Snapchat or YouTube, this thing would, would, it would have blown up. Jesus became an instant hit just like that. And Mark is here to tell us that Jesus became an instant hit. Because it says that his fame at once, his fame spread everywhere throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Galilee was not a small region. It was a very large region of, of, the, of, the, of the area in Israel. 
and 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 you know how how small the the nation of Israel is. Well, Galilee take is, is a is a pretty good chunk. The north the the the, uh, the 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 northern part, I believe it is uh, Capernaum and the Sea of Galilee and Bethesda. I say it wrong all the time, but you can see how the region of Galilee, with all the the little cities within the big region of Galilee, Jesus' fame went throughout. It went throughout and it was not turning back. Jesus had started something that even if he wanted to turn off, it probably wouldn't wouldn't have turned off because, you know, his notoriety went out there. His popularity went out there. But Jesus wasn't doing it for followers. He wasn't doing it for 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 people to 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 ride on his coattails. He was doing it for disciples. He was doing it so that people would follow him, not for what he could do. Not because of the miracles that he could do, but the belief they say they have in him. And he's still doing that today. Let's turn over to Matthew. Matthew chapter 14. And and let's start at verse 22. And let's look at another miracle of Jesus. Another miracle of Jesus is when. The time of his cousin, John the Baptist, uh, Elizabeth's son, who is six months older than Jesus, uh, was beheaded by uh, King by Herod. Um, and you, you know, you know that story. Uh, he was beheaded and and Jesus got got, you know, uh, the news that his cousin was beheaded. And so Jesus and his disciples had have just fed uh well, it said to the 5,000, but, you know, women and children, it probably was close to 15 or 20,000, depending on the size of the families that were there. And so Jesus puts his disciples in a boat and sends them across, across the water. Well, the Bible says it was about the fourth hour of the watch of fourth watch of the night. Sorry. And there appearing to them on the water was Jesus. But the disciples were terrified. Now, if I understand correctly, the disciples walked with Jesus and they saw Jesus perform miracles and they knew the power that Jesus had in him. What would give these men the 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 the, the immediate thought that it's a ghost? Maybe because how he looked on the water, maybe because, you know, the distance in which he came or, or, you know, whatever reason it is, I can't make up one, but the Bible says that they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear, in fear, they cried out. So, so Jesus had to immediately speak up. He had to calm his disciples because even in today's times, when, when we get a little shook, when we get scared, Jesus has to call out to us and say, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And at that moment, every disciple that Jesus came to on that boat, all, his, all of his disciples, they immediately calmed down because they heard his voice. They recognized who their, their master is. They recognize who their teacher is. They recognized who Jesus is because he told them, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Now, Peter, Peter, <laughs> what can you say about Peter, right? Peter 
answered him, Lord, if it is you, why would it not be? But this is Peter, of course. If it is you, command me to come to you on the water, he said. And Jesus told him, come. So Peter gets out of the boat, walking on the water, came to Jesus. He's on the water. He's walking on the water. He's standing on top of the water, just like Jesus is. But something happened to Peter. But the Bible says that when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, O you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Real quick. What was it that gave Peter the ability to ask to be commanded to step out on the water? What gave him the ability? You know what it was? It was faith. Faith asked him. Asked Jesus. That's what faith did. Faith asked Jesus to step out. Command me to step out. Don't ask Jesus for anything if you're not ready for it. Because if you ask, he's going to give it. You ever, you ever known a person that asks for something? Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. Then when the Lord gives it to him. Oh, wait a minute, Lord. I mean like that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean like that, Lord. So don't ask him if you're not ready to receive what he what he has planned to give you. Because he has plans to give you good things, things you never imagined in your life. But you have to trust and believe just like Peter did. But when you see the wind and you will see the wind, you will see it coming. I pray you do not lose hope. You do not lose faith so that you will begin to sink. And right now, Traveling pulpit family, we are seeing the wind. In our lifetime, we're seeing a wind like we've never seen before. Not saying it won't, we won't see this type of wind again. But what I'm saying is we're, we're seeing this right now. And we're seeing a lot of people sinking. Simply because they are afraid. Oh, they can boast about knowing Christ and having a relationship with Christ. But when they see the wind, when they see the wind, they immediately become afraid. And that is not who we are. Not, not as believers, not as Christians, not as disciples. We cannot lose heart, people. We have to stay. We have to remain resolved in our faith. For Christ we live, it is for Christ we will, we will live on in him. Because we're going to see the wind. Trust and believe we're going to see the wind. But we cannot have little faith. We cannot doubt. We have to stand firm in the belief. So when the wind is coming, we keep our eyes on Jesus. See, what has happened with Peter happens with us also. I myself included. I'm not above reproach. You understand? And, and I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say and say that I am. No. 
what I have done is I have prayed. I have dedicated my life in discipleship to the Lord Jesus Christ so that I am now a follower of his. And what happens with with some of us who are not, who have not made the choice that I made to become a disciple, but who are still on that realm of, of, you know, teeter tottering. I'm following Christ and I encourage you to do also because Christ is standing in front of us and we are standing in front of Christ, just as Peter is standing in front of Jesus. And what happened was the wind got between Jesus and Peter. Now, it doesn't mean that Jesus, it got in front of Jesus because it didn't. The wind didn't get in front of Jesus. It got in front of Peter because Peter saw it. It took the focus off of Jesus from Peter's standpoint and Peter focused on something else rather than peering through, peering through the wind, fighting to see Jesus. That's what we got to do in this world. When we see the wind that, that, that is going on with the stock market about to crash with toilet paper being bought up with, with gasoline and food prices about the people about to lose their mind and go crazy. We have to continue to stand and see Jesus because he's standing right in front of us. We have to let those things bypass us. We have to let those things that try to try to take us away from from seeing Jesus. We have to turn our eyes and we have to squinch our eyes up and, and just focus on Jesus no matter what, because no matter what, Jesus came to a sin filled world to save us. And there is nothing more powerful than the cross that Christ hung from. When the blood came running down that wood from his body, being stuck in his body and blood and water came pouring out. There is nothing stronger than that. I'm telling you, I'm a witness to that. And if you allow this incident to take you down, to make you run to Costco or, 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 or wherever it is you go to buy toilet paper or whatever it is that you need to buy, thinking that your money is going to save your life, you are lost in your, in, in your standing right where you are. But take heart people. Christ wants you to keep focused on him because he's never lost focused on you. And that there, the miracles of Christ is standing right in front of you because Christ is the miracle. His coming to this world is the miracle. Yes, he done miracles on people here, but he is the miracle himself. That is the miracles of Christ because he is the miracle. He came to this sick, sin filled world to save wretches like like myself, to save a, 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 a piece of a, a, a piece of dirty rag as myself. He came to save me and I know he came to save you because you wouldn't be in this situation and you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if it wasn't. You know it to be true. And I'm encouraging you to stand on your morals, stand on the things that 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 make you who you are, knowing that Christ is your king, knowing that he is your savior, knowing that he died for your soul and that if you lose your life in him, you will pick it up. But if you try to pay for it by credit card, by charge card or by writing the check, you're going to lose it where you stand. And I'm telling you the God's honest truth. That is the only way. Why? Because Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep know my voice. This is why when Jesus said, take heart and do not be afraid, they were not afraid because Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. I believe that this incident prompted Peter 
This incident right here over over in over in chapter um, Matthew, chapter 16, 13 through 20. I believe this incident right here prompted Peter to tell Jesus that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, simply because of what he experienced out on the water. Peter was absolutely convinced at that point, And at that point, I believe Peter became the first disciple. They all became disciples, but I believe Peter became more like a lieutenant disciple because we know Peter as the unspoken leader of the disciples. But Peter became more bolstering and more voice, more, more boisterous. And this is why Jesus told him, he said this, he said these words. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, the statement that you made, please don't get that twisted. Not the man. This man died upside down to serve his Christ because he felt unworthy to be crucified in the same manner that his Christ was crucified. So it's not the man that Christ built the church on. It's the statement for you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, not prevail against it. So there is nothing for us to fear if we are in Christ. And I'm encouraging you to pick up your cross and follow him because he has good plans for those who follow him, who love him, who, who chase after him, who are disciples of him. He has good plans for those. They may not made, they may not look like good plans that we want here, a new car, a new house, a big bank account. But you know what? I'm telling you, the priceless gift of everlasting salvation is nothing that you can charge. Trust and believe you can't put this on your Visa, MasterCard or American Express. It's not that serious, folks. It's not that serious. You can buy to all the toilet paper you want, but that tall you can't buy enough toilet paper to save your soul if you don't have Christ in your life. What is faith? Hebrews 11 and 1 tells us what faith is. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. Faith goes a little bit further over into over in, in uh, is that 11, six where, where it says 11, six, it says without faith, it is impossible to please God for whoever would draw near to God must must first believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Traveling pulpit family. As I draw this message to a close, I want you to stay encouraged. The miracles of Christ is Christ himself. He is the miracle. He is the one who came down through 42 and a half generations to be with us. He is the miracle. He was there when, when his father said, let there be light. And there was light. He was there. 
there when his father breathed in his breath, his breath of life into mankind and mankind became a living being. He was there when when the question was asked, did God actually say after the command was given, do not eat the fruit of this tree? He was there when when Joseph was, was thrown into the well to be sold by his brothers because they hated him so much. He was there when 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 Abram had another child by another woman that wasn't the promised child that God said he was going to give him. He was there when Cain killed Abel and the murder rate went to 100 percent and has never come down and will never come down. And he was there when Seth was born to be the link between between Adam and Eve and us. He was there through all that. Family, I'm telling you, it is so important that we begin, not, not, not just begin, that we make it a point to get ourselves together. Because I don't know when, and it's not for me to know. My responsibility is to bring you the word to bring you the, 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 the word itself to let you know that we are about to see something take place and the rest of the world is going to see it and just going to be astonished by it. But we already know because we're believers. Let us not, as the Bible says, let us not separate ourselves as, as would the heathens, but let us come together I don't understand why churches are closing their doors. I don't understand why 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 these these leaders in the church have 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 went on uh, uh, social media and said we talked about this as the body of believers. Well, whose body are you talking about? You ain't talking about the body of Christ because Christ came to the leprous. He came to the adulterers. He came to the demon possessed and he dealt with them all. So we can't deal with the little virus. Then who are we to say that we belong to him? I'm sorry, y'all. I said I was done. I said I was closing this message, but I get so fired up in God's word that it just makes me spurn to the point that I don't like to know that there are people who are going another way to deliver God's message. God's message was delivered to people. He didn't put this on the internet. He came to us. We, ex we did not accept him. He didn't put this on social media. He didn't put this in text message form. No, he came to us face to face. And that's how we have to be in the face of all turmoil, in the face of all evil, in the face of anything that will want to separate us from being together. We must fight to be together because he fought through 42 and a half generations to be with us. I'm done, y'all. Listen, I'm fired up right now. I love you, Traveling Pulpit family. I pray that you that one will listen to this message and will, will multiply it by one. And then I pray that person will multiply it by one because I pray that you hear this message, that you receive this message, but not only, but you also live this message. I love you. I'm Vernon Sheridan. This is the Traveling Pulpit. I'll be back on next week with another message into the, the journey and the start and this does the, the I'm sorry, into the discovery and the journey of discipleship. I love you. I pray for you and tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus. Bye now.